they're ready. They go live when it's 1130. <laughs> Good evening, Melrosians the world over. I'm Tom Catalini. I'm Jen LeClaire. I'm Sam. And I'm Tom Shampoo. <laughs> and this is Let's Talk Melrose. Melrose, a show where Melrosians talk to Melrosians about Melrose. And I'm hardwired in with the sound effects tonight. We're ready to go. We're upgraded. We're ready. All right. Awesome. Right. I didn't realize that. Well, that's yeah, impressive. That uh, is impressive. A technological advancement for LTMM. That's the way yes. to be. <laughs> to, to be hardwired from Wi-Fi back to hardwiring. <laughs> Got it. On it. So Tom Catalini, Tom Shampoo, and how about Tom Brady? Did you, did you guys you watch the Super Bowl? Bowl? I did, did, yeah. I did. <laughs> I, I was I watched I was in and out I watched I watched it kind of back and forth but but the so the question is the question I always ask ask everybody so now uh, you know some people are sort of still solid Patriots fans other people are Brady fans and kind of followed him over there what about do you guys I kind of yes, don't care uh, that yes, much uh, I'm not really a huge sports guy but Tom Brady is um, just amazing looking yeah. he's fit he's <laughs> I mean, he's he's the he's the whole he's package. The whole, How come you don't have a poster of him on your on your I back wall? Somebody it's, so tells... it's on order. It's on. It's an Etsy shop I uh, dialed into uh, Sunday Steve, night during the game. Steve Cazella is being replaced. That's right. Uh, uh, Tom Brady. I, I, it is impressive. I, I, I'm impressed by Tom Brady. I'm happy that yeah. he's had he has success down in Tampa Bay. It's great. Yeah. Um, it, Here's one of the stats that, that kind of stands out for me. Joe Montana has always been the benchmark for the best quarterback of all time. Joe Montana retired at age 38, I believe, having won four Super Bowls and three MVPs. Tom Brady has won four Super Bowls after the age of 37. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah it's pretty it's pretty amazing. It's kind of a staggering so, stat. So yeah. last, I feel like I, I mean, you have to be impressed by that, I think. Yeah, I agree. In I agree. the last 20 years, he's gone to 50% of the Super Bowls. One out of <laughs> right, two, right. he's gone to. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and, he's, and he's and, he, and one. One, 33% of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah. like and like Tom Shampoo, he gets younger every year. Oh, that's look at that! Right. That's yeah. true. And you I have share that... the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it, it was fun. Um, what else? What else did you guys like about it? Or you know, ads, blah blah blah. Any, anything? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I literally have nothing to to. to I'll just <laughs> I'll stay on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was. We were. I, we, we had a we had a busy day, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, um, yeah so I was kind of in and out. But I did tune in for the okay for the first time ever. Um, there was a there was poetry at the Super Bowl, so yeah. that that's, that's the cool. that's the win for me. Like I, you know, that's amazing. So, and also she, the, the, the uh, Melrose connection, right? So there, a lot of uh, Patriots. Uh, Bob Kraft. Uh, he likes to go down to Florida every now and then, anyway. And he uh, he he got the plane. <laughs> And he got 76 yeah. healthcare workers, but the news story was out of Melrose, Melrose Wakefield Hospital. One of the nurses there went, and so I yeah. thought that was a good, uh, solid Melrose connection. Yeah, to yeah. It, it felt like it was the right thing to do to bring those people down. I'm sorry, it was more. I'm sorry that it wasn't more than 76, but it was a good thing to do. It was a good story. Thrilled that somebody from Melrose Wakefield was able to go. I think you're right. There was it was a different day, a different game in some ways. I feel like. It's becoming more and more overstuffed every year. 
It's hard to watch some years just because of the way they produce the whole thing. Um, it's not trim and slim like LTMM is, for example. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, you know, I think this might be the first year or second year we've like lived in Melrose or we haven't had you all over to my house. I was going to say, I, right. I don't Where know the the hammer's house. if I'm not in your basement. Exactly. <laughs> I was, was still wondering. Was missing. <laughs> even, even my kids, even Rosie was like, Oh uh, yeah, that's, that's fun. We can't, and we can't, we can't do that. Yeah. So oh. anyway, all right. All right. We should move on. We got a lot to talk about. Oh my gosh. Happening in town. There's news north, south, east, and west around this town, and Sam Hammer's going to kick it off with the latest vaccination stories. The latest of not, new, not news. I <laughs> am. Let me put, I'm going to put up our, our warning <laughs> banner right now <laughs> before I begin. Um, so, yes, Melrose has rolled out um, COVID-19 vaccinations for Melroseans 75 and older. Um, so that will be happening on Wednesday, February 17th, between 9 a.m. and 5.30 p.m. I'm going to post the actual factual website for you to get all the information. But I did want to point out while I'm doing that, that, well, you could book appointments by phone. You can mm -hmm. book appointments online. You can hitch a ride. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, let's see. If you are not if you are interested in volunteering, you can volunteer to actually help organize and do stuff around the vaccination yeah, rollout. Boots on the ground, sure. Boots on the ground. So that's a, that's pretty awesome. I'm very happy to see that. And then there's a way to sign up for email updates. So I'm going to put all of that uh, factual information in our mm -hmm. Facebook post. But um, yeah, yes. I'm glad to see it's finally rolling. Let's roll. It, yeah, yeah. So we, we encourage uh, all of our viewers 75 and older to get down there right away. We need as many viewers as we can to stay healthy and engaged. Uh, where's Cazella on the list? Is he, he's not yet or 70, he's 74. I think he's got 74. So, okay, he's not quite there yet. Okay. He can't defend himself, so we can say anything we want. <laughs> he's, he's nowhere to be found right now. Right. Poor thing. Um, yeah, and also, do, do we want to talk a, a quick second about, I know there's been conversation um, in the weeks leading up to this about the, the boots on the ground side of things versus the technology side of, of things. The volunteer boots on the ground stuff has been uh, going really, really well. The technology piece was has been criticized in, in Massachusetts. And then lo and behold, leave it to an engineering mom on, on maternity leave to just handle stuff. <laughs> um, there, was, there was some news about this last week. There was a uh, a woman in Wakefield named Olivia. Oh no, sorry. She we she's in Arlington. Arlington. We we thought Wakefield. She's she's from Arlington. She's an engineer. She's also a mom who was on maternity leave. And in the three weeks of her maternity leave, she built a website that shows all available appointments, vaccination appointments throughout um, Massachusetts. And I think she was hoping um, the governor's office was going to contact her. It's just amazing to me. It's so funny. Yeah, it was great. And so I saw her uh, interviewed on CNN. I don't know why she opted for that versus LTMM, but uh, <laughs> it was it was an interesting story. And uh, she had the skills and put them to use. I think she was saying, I think she's got a two-year-old and a newborn. Wow. And, yeah, she was uh, on maternity leave. Yeah. yeah, right. And so I guess, you know, late at night or whatever, but she put like 30, 40 hours of, of work into this and did uh, what we say in the industry is screen scraping you know, going out and uh, having the computer read all these websites and then aggregate the data. So it was really just a great idea to basically simplify the process because it's just, it's too decentralized. Everybody's got their own website. Um, and uh, it, anyway, it was great. It was great yeah. to see 
how one person can make a difference if they take the initiative and uh, and lean into it a little bit. And uh, this is actually popping up across the country now. So a bunch of stories out of New York now, and people are just kind of stepping up and trying to make it easier somehow in the planning or lack of planning for the vaccination rollout uh that's just was missed by uh, i guess it's been a kind of uncoordinated effort uh for a bit so it's anyway nice to see people and uh i saw a guy uh read about a guy interviewed in new york and it was interesting because he was like hey this is what i could do to help and it's a community effort to kind of every if everybody chips in a little bit just like sam was talking about you know go volunteer at the yeah. vaccination uh site or, or whatever so we can all do something to help yeah. mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, what else, Tom? Tomcat, you wanna you wanna bring us through uh, what's going on at the at the schools in, in terms of uh, not so not I, vaccinations yet, but testing. Yeah. So what we're gonna do with the school system is we're gonna implement a system of pool testing, which I've been asked to uh, to explain to the viewers. <laughs> let's put the, let's can we put the ticker tape up again? Yes. Oh my God! Yeah. Please no, get that up. Get that up asap. So because I really don't know what's going on at the schools, but I do understand. That pool testing is when we, uh, it basically you all spit in a jar and we <laughs> test the jar. And if it's, if it's negative, then everybody's off the hook. If it's positive, they somehow can tell of the two of you how they go back and reach those. But there's some economies of scale that improve uh, the cost and the turnaround time for test results. But uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing at the school. I know they talked about this recently that this was going to help. Um, Again, so they're make, they're make asking it, make it cheaper and <laughs> faster. Science, science, science with Tom Catalini helps out here. Everybody's riveted. It's so fascinating. <laughs> Spit in a jar. That's just, that's the concept. I'm not I'm not giving you the technical details. I don't want to weigh you down with that. Gotcha. But conceptually, you know, you pass the jar when everybody sits in it, and then we can tell whether you know that group. It, uh, represented by the jar has COVID or not. Uh, I feel like we have Dr. Fauci in, in our midst here. This is just yeah. such a joy, man. Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> well, I like to, you know, share what I know. <laughs> so some students are getting saliva swab. Some students are getting nasal swab. So I'm going to put the details up here, but um, yes. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Uh, but I did, yeah, we are we are starting to get, to get messages. Um, uh, the the superintendent sent something out. You have to you have to sort of opt in and, and give consent for your students to be to be tested. They they've kind of redone all of that. So uh, yeah, it, it's it's coming. And there was a um, new consent form. The thing that I wanted to mention is there was a yeah. new consent form that was right. just mailed out at four o'clock today. Yeah. I'm going to put the link to that because they as things are happening, things shift, and you need to fill out another consent form. So I'm going to yeah. put that link up. We yeah. went. We went to try to do that, and it was um, then the, the, as soon as we did that, there was another notice on, on right, right on Aspen when you get there that says, "Actually, it's broken. Come back later." <laughs> yes. Keep well, trying. Yes, yeah, and I'm not that used to Aspen, keep, so there were a lot, a lot more yeah. instructions. But yeah, um, keep keep trying. Uh, that's tricky. Um, but we do we do appreciate all the work that they're doing at the schools, and we appreciate we appreciate the teachers and uh, and all and all the workers. And how are we going to show them that, Sam? Um, so, good question. Oh, I, was totally I love the parade. <laughs> I was totally paying attention. So, um, it is uh, February break is almost upon us, everybody. And yep. I don't know about you, but I'm freaking out. The other thing I'm doing is I am thanking the teachers who have been doing this very difficult work uh, with our students all year. They have been working 
very hard to, to uh, do their profession in a totally new way. So um, some uh, groups around town, including um, uh, um, Sheila Gauch, who is our guest from CPAC tonight, um, got together um, and put has organized a Melrose Schools Community Appreciation event, um, which will be this Thursday at 1.30 on Linfels, right outside the high school. Uh, make a poster, come and thank those teachers. Again, this is about the teachers, the people who are in the classrooms doing the work. I am so grateful that they're there and um, they're working really hard for us. So I'm... Um, so I'll Good. put that event in there too. That sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, happy, happy, happy to do that. Is there going to be a snowstorm on Thursday, though, Tom? Or I'm sorry, you only predict the you only tell us about the weather that's happening right now. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Don't push me in the future. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Sorry. Right now, it's not snowing. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get that covered. Weather now. Weather now with Tom Sham. But Tom uh, can I, also tell us what's happening over at the uh, Milano Center. Yeah. So. Um, we just got this news today, right? So this came across mm -hmm. the wires. It came across our ticker <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> the LTMM wires, which we, which we pay dearly for, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so here's the information we got. Uh, it's a little graphic for everyone to see. Uh, Valentine's is coming up. It's this weekend. Um, the Milano Senior Center is um, putting the request out if people want to make um, Valentine's cards. They're going to distribute them out to others, to, to some of the seniors here in Melrose. I, I feel like it's a great thing to do. It's such a nice thought. And um, if uh, uh, parents are home this week with their kids or if they're at school, whatever, when they get home later on, um, have the kids make a few cards, uh, bring them down to the Milano Senior Center. I think it's really a joy for the seniors to get uh, cards like this and to have a way to connect to others in the community. So I think it's fantastic. And I encourage everyone to make some cards. And I, I'm yeah. going to suggest, if you can, exactly what you just said, Tom, make the card. A little yeah. hand drawing, you know, yeah, forget make this. It. Uh, I mean, you could, if you want to shop local and get on a CVS or wherever and grab a card, that's great. But uh, get a blank sheet of paper maybe and uh, draw a little something on there. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad you're telling us how to do this, Tom, because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have successfully just completed 40 freaking Valentines. So there are some viewers <laughs> out there who are not into the Valentines. I do love Valentine's Day, but yeah. it is a heightened, heightened alert, like red flag moment for uh, some <laughs> parents, not all parents, obviously, at, in the house. <laughs> 40 you're Valentines. You're, you're in the thick of it. That's why. 40 that's Valentines. Right, yeah. in Valentine assembly. Yeah. Valentine assembly line. It's a, it's, a, it's a bizarre holiday of the. It, kind, it, kind it, of really, it, is. it really is odd. But it is odd. But, you know, all these, they're all, you know, invented, you know, yes. by Hallmark and stuff like that. That's fine. But um, just like Groundhog Day. <laughs> just like Groundhog Day. <laughs> but in yeah. this case. <laughs> we, let's not go there again. I know we're but, not going to go. But there. I would say, I would say though that this this week in in this moment right now in in Melrose, I, I would fully fully support it um, for two yeah. reasons. One, our you know our seniors, uh, the holidays are over. It's winter. It's cold. We're still in uh, you know we're still in the pandemic, so they're uh, they're isolated and and it's dark out. You know, so our, our seniors um, could use the the pick me up like that. But it also gives your kids something like tangible and hands-on and creative. You know what to, I might do? do? I might send one in on the fifteenth when they least expect it, like when it all dies <laughs> down. Yeah. And always keep them guessing, it, right? Always keep them guessing. Tom, Tom's right. card will say, 
I still love you even today. Yes. <laughs> I don't even more that. today. Yeah. We'll we'll do that. We'll we'll do that. We'll do it if we'll we'll keep it going the the whole, the whole week. Um right, sounds good. So I really quickly want to tell you guys part of the reason that I was in and out uh, and not paying a ton of attention on the uh, during the, the Super Bowl and and also speaking of kids and, and creativity. So uh, this weekend, the whole weekend was the official kind of virtual tournament or part of the official virtual tournament for the Destination Imagination program that my kids do or one of my kids now at this point. So DI Melrose has has a program and it's a STEAM a STEAM-based uh, program. I've talked about it on the show. We've had some of the kids on the show before. Um, and this year, we normally have about 12 or so teams in, in Melrose. A lot of kids weren't able to do it this year or parents couldn't couldn't coach. It was just too hard. Um, but we did have five teams this year. So I just want to commend those kids for kind of sticking to it and, and, and you know, sticking with the program under uh, difficult circumstances. They had to um, normally they would do all this stuff in person and they get to like build things together and kind of do these like improv skits together in front of a live uh, appraiser audience. Um, and this year they had to do all of that um, virtually. So, you know, figuring out how to do storytelling like this on Zoom, um, figuring out their teamworks, uh, editing videos and submitting the videos. So they worked on it actually all weekend. And uh, I'm so just I'm the, just really there, proud of them. Was there homework to watch this show, like the old uh, archive footage? Just to get no, a sense of I the... <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I actually, I can't tell you. So there's, there's two pieces of the challenge. They work on a, their central challenge, which is their choice. They work on that over like a period of a few months that they have to turn that in in another month. But the instant challenge is something that, that they, it's like, um, it's a surprise. So they don't know what it's going to be. So they were given the challenge on Friday and had to turn something in by Sunday night. Um, so, and it's top secret. So this, the same Different kids and different teams are working throughout the state of Massachusetts on these on these challenges and throughout the country, actually. Um, and so it's totally top secret. I can't tell you what they what they had to do. All right. So, we can't wait. Yeah. To, well, give us an update on a future show, please. I will. I will. So kudos to, to all of them. Yes. Um, also, uh, the on. Oh, my God. There's so much going on. Will everybody just slow down? It is literally winter. <laughs> Can we just take a break? But on February, slow down. on February 17th, the Melrose Democratic City Committee is hosting an event called Anti-Racism Activism in Melrose. It's a panel discussion. There are multiple groups out in our city that are doing um, anti-racist activist work, and they want to share the work that they've been doing and try to and include more people in the discussion. So um, I will put that event uh, in our Facebook post as well. It's on Zoom, so you don't need to be on Facebook to um, to attend, but it should be good because we have great people doing awesome stuff here. We do, and one of them is uh, is going next level on us. So Lauren Grimmick, who is the executive director of the Melrose Chamber of Commerce, is ending her five-year tenure and moving up to become executive director at the Mass Women's Forum. So, um, Lauren's been on this show. She's just been a great asset to the community. She's the uh, host of the Chamber Chat series, also on MMTV, and she's just done a lot of great things in those five years. Just endless enthusiasm, and and really been a uh, a champion of uh, business in Melrose and Melrose in general. She's a Melroseian herself, and so we wish her the best in this new position. And apparently, uh, the her assistant or assistant director. I'm sorry. Not, sorry, I'm not. Correct on the title, but Jennifer Manning is apparently uh, stepping into the role, and so we'll look forward to. I don't, I don't know Jennifer, so I look forward to maybe seeing if she'll come on the show and, mm -hmm. and uh, 
tell us yeah, what's going to happen and how she's going to kind of bring it to the next level. So best of luck, Lauren. Yeah. And, and Jennifer. And, and Jennifer. And yeah. Jennifer. And Melrose. Yes, we, uh, we look forward to lobbying you very hard, Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, you know what? It would be good to, to add to, to Chamber News. They actually uh, issued a newsletter today. So there you can actually be. Uh, yes, Kathy, that's true. Uh, Lauren's great. Um, you can actually now be uh, an individual member of the chamber. That's new. They had, I know, they had um, that that came out um, about a month ago, I think, or maybe in the last newsletter. Um, so they have a new membership level and uh, and their annual meeting. Is, so check it out. Uh, check out their website. And their yep. annual meeting is February 25th. And I think they're, you know, they're voting on a new board and things like this. So. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But what do you mean an individual? Like you don't have to own a business. You but, can just yeah. Show up? yeah. Yeah. Like I can join. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, yeah, like right. four of us. That's right. you, need, you need more to oh, do, one. Sam, right? <laughs> right. Right. As long as I'm going to send in my votes and. Um, right. Well, no, LTMM needs to be represented on there. I mean, with the mugs and the merch and, uh, right. and there's business opportunities are almost limitless. Right. Limitless. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I want to push us along a little bit because yes. we have a guest, so I want to make sure we don't we, we save time for the guests yes. that we have here. So, all right, we're going to cut out the weather segment and we'll wrap it up with Jen's uh, update on the Melrose Cultural Council. Oh, okay. We, we I was going to say I well, that we could wait on that, but um, we can wait on that. All right, I'll, let's yeah. bring in yeah. our guest. <laughs> Yes. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is so much fun to have Sheila in the house. Um, yes. She is a she is a citywide known activist uh, with her CPAC, the Special Education. Um, I, that's not a political action committee. It's a parent action. Uh, what is it? Advisory? Parent advisory council. Yeah. We, yeah. Thank you. Um, and they they do a lot of work in the district, making sure that they advocate for um, what students actually need. They need special accommodations, but also she's taken it to the next level with her work at the state. So thank you for being here. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. I, I know it's like, where do you start? This there's, uh, there's so much Sheila's up to, and so she's good. <laughs> but uh, um, what about um, the legislation at the state level that happened recently? Maybe we could start there with the with the pandas. If you could just share with us briefly, you know what it is and what happened. Sure. So, um, okay. So I, uh, brought forward, well, I helped bring forward, um, legislation. It actually been through, um, the state house three other sessions prior to us. Um, so we were the fourth go round to try to get it over the finish line. And it was an insurance mandate for PANS PANDAS, which is pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric syndrome and pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorder associated with strep. So it's a, basically a misdirected autoimmune response as a result of a viral or infectious trigger um, that causes a whole host of um, neuropsychiatric issues such as really significant OCD, separation anxiety, um, trouble sleeping, um, can disrupt school. So um, both of my children have it and I kind of joined up with some other moms and we, and with uh, now the now mayor, now mayor Broder, who was representative Broder, as well as Senator Lewis, uh, helped bring the legislation forward. And we got it over the finish line on January 1st. It's really exciting. So, uh, so what does the legislation do? What wasn't there before and what's 
new and better now? Yeah, so so this this illness is not super well recognized. And so it's in the rare disease category. And um, what, what parents or caregivers aren't able to get for their children was um, this more advanced treatment called IVIG, which is like a plasma treatment um, that's commonly used in different autoimmune illnesses. And so our, the children who kind of aren't able to regain health with like antibiotics and anti-inflammatories, which are kind of the frontline treatment or steroids, um, need this more advanced treatment. And it's it costs about $30,000. So a lot of families were paying out of pocket. Um, we had a hearing last July and many families showed up saying, you know, they had, you know, lost their homes. They had, um, you know, basically had to pay to get this really crucial treatment that insurance companies weren't covering. So insurance mandates are notoriously difficult in Massachusetts to get passed. The last one that passed was the Lyme bill. So, um, so what, so the, so the legislation then now requires all the carriers in Massachusetts to cover that treatment. Correct. Yes. Wow. That's a huge win. That's that is huge. Yeah. Yep. So we had, yeah, one of my friends was just joking because I was really nervous to come on here, as I already told all of you. <laughs> but um, she was saying, like, you got this. You went up against the insurance boards. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, yeah, we're easy. Zoom calls with the insurance carriers in Massachusetts trying to plead our case. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we're a little less intimidating. Gums are teddy bear compared to the insurance companies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but earlier, you mentioned earlier at, uh, at the school committee meeting tonight that your daughter was recognized by the superintendent. Do you want to talk about that? Um, sure. Yeah. So um, both my kids um, have suffered from pans pandas um, and both of them were out of district place and um, and they're, they both just recently came back to the district um, uh, about a year and a half ago. So Abby, um, my who's a senior at Melrose High, um, actually really did a, a great piece of work for the legislation and that she, she spoke at the 2020 Awareness Day and she was interviewed for um, some newspaper articles really telling her story. So the superintendent and Melrose Public Schools was kind enough to recognize her. So she got to see it. Um, That's maybe. fantastic. Really- <laughs> yeah, you're, um, you're incredible and your reputation does precede you. Um, and so I'd love to hear, <laughs> it's very true. But you also do a lot of work uh, through CPAC and have a very strong voice there. Uh, we have a few neighbors that are also a um, really advocating along with you. Can you tell us a little bit more about what what the what CPAC's work has been like during this quarantine shutdown situation when it's already hard to get services uh, for our students? So, what has that been like for you guys? Yeah, so it's definitely we've we've done a lot since the shutdown um we did a lot of um well we switched to sorry i'm trying to get my words together we switched to a webex platform which truthfully for us was a total game changer because i think um it just allows access right i mean i i don't think we considered that piece that you know we usually had maybe four or five people show up to our open meetings right um once a month and uh with webex you know, we had, I think at one of the meetings in the spring, we had like 60 people, um, which was not that many people. So it's actually, um, I think one of the, there aren't really any blessings of a pandemic, right? But like one of the, you know, um, the wins is that we figured out that this platform is really great for 
our members to be able to access us more. Um, mm -hmm. So we've done a lot of work um, bringing in Patty White Lambright, um, now Superintendent Kuchenberger to kind of do forums for our, our parents because it is incredibly stressful. It's really, um, we talk a lot as a group about how scary it is for you know caregivers who have fought so hard to get their students the supports that they need only to have to, to be actively watching them regress and how you know it's really stressful and and everyone's regressing right now so that's not kind of a um it's not a special ed parent phenomenon right but for for people who have really um been really concerned about their children's progress to and have fought so hard to kind of get these yeah. services to see them slipping backwards is really scary so definitely doing a lot of work of just fielding emails and phone calls and um you know trying to host forums to um let people know they're supported and wow are there specific things that you found that you've been advocating for this year we've been complaining a lot about virtual school already but i think you know do you have anything extra that you've been advocating for yeah so definitely when we went out um our our members were really talking a lot about the need for the one-to-one -one services to be synchronous um which it, they they weren't in the spring but um, they have since been. So that's been really great that um, I, I feel like we have a really good relationship with the administration, so um, which is really helpful. So we can kind of bring our concerns and um, <laughs> um, and, that's my neighbor. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so yeah, so like, so I would say like at first it was really like making sure like students who had needed reading specialists and social pragmatic support and all of that kind of were able to continue with their one-to-one -one services. I would say um, I just wrote a letter to, to school committee from me personally, but it was really kind of a combination of all of our, everything I've heard from CPAC, which is really um, making sure that we're prioritizing special education in the budget right now, um, just because yeah we like the evaluation numbers are up like you know there's um as a i'm also a special ed administrator so i just know that you know when things like this happen um people are more likely going to be asking for more evaluations and asking for more support because obviously this is a really tough time for everyone and they may be seeing their children regress and saying like they need more support so really prioritizing um, special education and mental yes. health because mental health is struggling right now for everyone. Sheila, I, yeah. I, I have a comment, not a question, just very quickly. We started the show a couple of years ago over you know, drinks and talking about the ways that we could communicate what's going on in Melrose and share our love for the community and share the ways that the community is better every year, and we, or that we hope it's better every year. And then the thing that the show can do is to bring people like you on to tell others who don't know what's going on in the community, what is actually going on. And for all the parents who don't live the world that you live in, um, this is just an incredible story. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that we have a platform to tell the rest of the city the work that you are doing and the work that your colleagues are doing and the ways that you're trying to make Melrose a better community. So thank you so much for all yeah. of that. It's really impressive. And I'm really, really glad to have you on tonight. So thank you again. Yeah. Thanks. And no offense to all of our other guests, but you've absolutely gotten the most <laughs> shout outs. <laughs> yeah. 
of all the time. time. I don't know. Yeah. Everybody's tuning in to say what a rock star you are. And we have to, oh, we have to lot, yeah. thank you yeah. so much for the for the work that you do in our in our community. <laughs> so maybe uh, along those lines, it would be interesting. Like, um, I don't know how many students are uh, considered special ed. Uh, what are the range of challenges they may face, mm -hmm. or like anything to educate us about uh, a little bit more about that community, or your view from CPAC in, or the view you want the administration to 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 have. Can you give us any sense of that? Sure. Um so I don't actually know the numbers. That's a really great question. Um, I should know. I, I think CPAC probably should know the numbers, but I don't I don't know them off the top of my head. Um, I would say like it might be helpful for people to know that um, CPAC is actually mandated under federal um, it's called IDEA special ed legislation. So our group is kind of connected to where our, our role is to advise the school committee and the administration on kind of all things that are going on for students in special education. So every district has one, we're not unique. Um, and so we're kind of part of the school administration. So I would say, you know, there's a wide range of issues that um, students might have, whether it range from ranges from like a specific learning disability to, um, an intellectual or neurological disability, um, or you know, obvious social emotional learning. Um, there's a wide range of different disabilities categories um, through the Department of Ed that you might qualify for an IEP under. Um, but we also service students who are on 504s. So um, a 504, you might have an accommodation, um, like where you're located. You might need to sit a little closer to the board, or um, you might need um, you know notes written out. Um, an IEP is actually modifying the curriculum in some way. So you might have kind of pullouts for specific reading or you might have a counseling session um, and they're actually modifying the curriculum. To okay, as a parent, I've come across 504 and IEP. Mm -hmm. So that would define that that's who the special ed students would mm -hmm. be on one of those or the other. Okay, interesting. Yes. So um, Sheila, I think you know my son, Alec, he recently started as a paraprofessional. I know, I saw that. I heard yeah. congratulations. And he's, so cool. he's working uh, in the special ed area yeah. over at Roosevelt one-on-one -on -one with the student or he's being trained to uh, to do that when I think somebody else goes on maternity leave. So uh, starting to see it from that angle a little bit. And yep. it's just, it's really, uh, it's just really encouraging. I think, he, you know, he seems to enjoy it and get a lot out of it. And it seems like he's making a real contribution. So it's kind of exciting to see it from that angle as well. So, but uh, yeah. yeah it's really great because you know Melrose has historically really prioritized um, students being in the home community, in their home community, and included in the classroom settings, which is great. Um, I think that's really where our focus, or you know, um, CPAC's focus, but also my focus in particular, particularly having two student, two of my children who had to be out of district placed, which is really challenging. I also am the principal of one of those out of district placements, so I kind of am keenly aware of. Um, what happens when students have to leave their home communities, right, to access access services. Um, so I think the goal right now is really to make sure that special education is well-funded and, you know, programs are put in place so that students can stay in their home communities, like stay in those programs that Alec is, um, is part of right now, right, and be supported with the community. That's awesome. That's yeah, great. great. So you mentioned historic Melrose. Um, how long have you lived here? Oh, um, well, I have lived here, oh gosh, it's 20 years. Yep, my husband grew up here, so 
I grew up in Winchester, so not far away. I'm still No, Gary, you still live in Russell Park. Strong yep. Russell Park connection. Oh, yeah. wow, okay. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not far from where we are now. So we didn't, he didn't yeah. move very far away. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. Fantastic. So have you mm -hmm. seen another public access television station and podcast quite like this before? No. <laughs> That's the right answer. I feel, like right picking up, I feel like I'm picking up the Catalini vibe tonight. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, yeah. that's good news for everybody. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they ain't got, you know, Winchester's nice, you know, whatever, but uh, they ain't got local access like at Melrose. No, 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 no scrappy, scrappy like we are. And they certainly don't dance the way we do. No, yes. yeah. which was so, very intimidating for me because I don't have much rhythm. So. Oh, that's <laughs> everyone has rhythm for this show. We're about to find out. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen the show before, right? <laughs> but it is uh, time to say goodnight to the Melrosians all over the world. And Sheila, again, thank you for all that you do and for coming on yeah, the show. Thank you. And sharing thank that with our me. audience. And um, so with that, I think we're going to say to everybody, we'll see you around town. See you around town, everybody. <laughs>